Welcome to More Than Myths. Ready to know. <laughs> Didn't mean to cut you off. That last week when we recorded um, our episode, I recorded using my headphone mic, which was up away from my mouth. <laughs> oh no! And my mic in front of my face yeah. didn't work the whole time. Oh no! I didn't. So I notice. I didn't. I kind of noticed when I was editing. Sure. Because I was like, I'm usually pretty loud. I'm like usually you're all up in that mic's business and i was like well maybe it's because i'm sick and i was mumbling and i wasn't projecting as much or whatever Mm -hmm. no oops i went to turn on my mic today to see what was up and it had been off oops so i'm here ready to rock and roll yeah so much louder than before (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's great. Welcome to season two of More Than Myths. Welcome to season two. Holy shit. Holy shit. We did I, it. We did it. I also didn't grab a drink. I guess I should do that, huh? I haven't had any dinner yet. Mm. And I'm trying to like... So we just got back from camping. And yeah. I didn't drink enough water. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to rehydrate myself. So I feel like I got leathery like a lizard. (laughs) I'm drinking some liquid IV. Yeah, so I don't (laughs) want to counteract my alcohol intake, my liquid intake with alcohol intake. (laughs) I feel like you should, though. (laughs) What is that? I accidentally made a giant martini. Accidentally on purpose. Like, it was the last of the gin. Like, there yeah. wasn't enough for another, so... And you put it in a Christmas cup. <laughs> I put it in a Christmas cup. I love it. All right, let me go see what I can scrounge up that's in the fridge. Hang on. Sounds good. So I found a wild basin hard seltzer. Oh. And it's yuzu pineapple. Oh. <gasps> Yeah, if you find these, uh, they're at Whole Foods. I don't know if every Whole Foods has them, but it is a damn treat. Okay, what I was saying about your cocktail is it looks like it was spat out by the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah. I Where actually is it from? Uh, it's, a, uh, it's inspired by nature. That's all we need to know. Oh, <laughs> also sounds super pretentious like the yeah. pacific northwest uh yeah well and it's i love whole foods. nature it's whole foods but whole foods is also pretentious in and of itself so oh, right but i saw it in the packaging just got me and all the flavors got me and yeah i mean they are delicious i will say it's- i mean yuzu pineapple sounds so fucking refreshing yeah it's pretty it's pretty good. I think there's a cucumber lime and like a tangerine, something else in there, and one other one. And I was like, salt tangerine, like melon dream. basil. Get oh, out of my face and stop it. into my tummy. Stop it. Oh my I gosh. Know. Well, I haven't eaten dinner either. Oh shit. Excellent. Yeah. So 
we'll see great. what happens. This is going to be great. So we need to reframe all of this. And yeah. remember, so we're trying to be a little bit more organized this this year. That's mm. our goal. A little yes. bit more, just a touch, a touch of organization. <laughs> so we're trying. We're going to... What you drinking, Haley? Well, I'm drinking a wild basin hard seltzer that was spit out from the Pacific Northwest. It's called Yuzu Pineapple. Yum. Delicious. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> I am drinking a martini. The that size you of my face. On purpose made. <laughs> um, that has garlic jalapeno olives and Bombay sapphire gin. Fuck, you're fancy. You fancy. All, all on an empty stomach. Oh, my God. Starting us out right. 70% alcohol by volume. Clink. Season two. <laughs> Season two. Welcome to More Than Myths. Welcome to More Than Myths. We're so happy you're here. Haley, have on your break, were you able to read anything? Are you, what you reading? Oh, my God. What I you read reading? so many things. I read so many things. Okay. I, okay. Like, okay. give me overviews. Oh, Let's hear easy. about it. Easy. Okay. Well, first, I started using my Kindle that I found. Uh-huh. I don't know what. I can't even remember what inspired me, but I found it. And then I was looking around. I was like, I'm going to look at Kindle Unlimited. Just look. Just I'm just going to take a peek. <laughs> and it had a month for free. And so I was looking through some of the book options. I was like, what am I doing with my life? Why is this not like a daily thing that I'm doing? So I've righted my wrongs. I got over myself and my book addiction, kind of, yeah, not really. I still of. go to Barnes & Noble and have price books on the weekly. Uh-huh. But I read, I'm on the third book of a series called The Bone Witch by mm. Ivy Asher. I love it so much. She, I feel like she is like around my age a little bit. Uh-huh. And she puts references to friends in the book. Ooh. <laughs> she has kind of the same like foul mouth that I do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it's not, it's not like too smutty. Like there's a lot of story. There's a lot of character interactions, but there's yeah. like this love interest, but it's not all the book is focused on. And I right. can't recommend this series enough. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. What yeah. about you? This you Kindle reading? Unlimited thing. It's a game changer. <laughs> like, we're not affiliated yet. Not yet. But let me tell you. If we Haley got be- me on this. She was like, just do it. Try it out. So I, I've i read a couple Kindle things, but I read them on my phone because I don't have a device. But my mm. phone is with me all the time. All the time. And so I was able to get through a couple series last last Christmas time, winter, that's what that season's called, not Christmas. <laughs> Mar- Christmas is already on my brain. And I was able to get through them like while, you know, waiting in the pickup line, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in a doctor's office. I could quickly pick up my book without having to have my book with me. Yeah. And so I was like, great. So Haley was like, have you checked out Kindle Unlimited? And I was like, no, like I don't need another subscription service, whatever. And I did it. I finally bit the bullet and like joined. 
Well, I found and, you that thing that had two free months, right? You yes. use, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. even paid a cent and no, I already no. have like eight books that exactly. I've downloaded. So I'm like, okay, great. And the nice thing is like the authors get paid like per page. Cause I was a little bit really? worried about like, I was like, are they making money on this? Yeah. Like, how is this profitable? But people can like buy Kindle books and then return them and then yeah. they get no profit. Oh, okay. And this is like actually tracked on like how much you actually read. Cool. They get paid for like your progress. Great. So that's like if you put something back because you're not feeling it, they yeah. at least got paid for what you contributed, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was just like, anyway, so Haley finally convinced me and I wrote in our little book chat that we have with our friend and I was like, guys, this is like when Beast gives the library to Belle and says, seriously, it's because it's, I was, I was able to get everything I wanted. There's everything on there. There's, and there's stuff. Okay. I love social media for this because, um, there's a whole Kindle unlimited part of TikTok yeah. that people tell you about these books. And that's how I found the bone witch is yeah. I'd never heard of this author. I'd never heard of this book series, which is, a little bit sad because I love this series. I love her yeah. writing style and I would be sad if I never read it. So yeah. looking through this and kind of looking at these different recommendations that people have, but then it takes that book that you read and it's like, if you like this, You're you gonna... might like these. And it's like, damn it. Stop. Stop doing that. <laughs> I don't have I know. time to read all of these books. I know. I have six books in my like not my tbr pile my like current read pile that you're reading as of two right now on my nightstand <laughs> i have two that i'm reading um for research yeah and then i have one audiobook and one kindle unlimited book that i'm reading wow six that's six great that's it's great. awesome and i'm like i'm Love excited it. because i you know, had some time to read again. Mm -hmm. The one I'm reading right now on Kindle Unlimited is that time I got drunk and saved a demon. Oh, yeah. And it's like 200 pages. I really yeah. needed something light. Yeah. And, you know, a little smutty, a little bit of adventure. Yeah, right. It's kind of, it's really uh, casually written, mm, you know. Sure. She's mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, he's being such a dick, you know. Yeah. Kind of language and mm -hmm. stuff. So it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. But I was able to like sit on the couch yesterday. Like nobody was talking. We were all just like on our phones. And I was just reading. Oh, I didn't great. have to go get my book. I was just like, oh, I'll you just read, read your phone. Then. Right. Done. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Oh. Agreed. I can't, I have a hard time reading on my device because of the brightness. So I really enjoy my paper white for that reason. Yeah. But that's me. I that's my own have personal it switch <laughs> to night mode. Oh, so I okay. have it black with the white text. Oh, and then okay. I turn the the like brightness, brightness way down. Ooh. And then I also can you can change the text, but I can customize every one of my books. Agreed. I'm reading. I love it. I love that. I'm having a really hard time right now justifying. <laughs> so my Kindle is. Uh, let's see. I think Chris bought it for me in 2012 or 13 or something. And I've hardly Ooh. used it. So it's like brand new. But, but she's old. Ancient. It's old. It, sometimes the pages take just a minute. And that's fine. Like, oh, we're yeah. so used to having everything instantaneously. So this is yeah. really good for me that my patience, it's, you know, 
You're like, I just need to turn. But I was looking and I was telling Chris, I was like, okay, here are my options. I could get the Kindle Oasis or I could get the Kindle Unlimited. And so we were having this conversation. He's like, Haley, your birthday's coming up and Christmas is coming up. And I was like, noted. (laughs) You're like, okay, I won't. This is what I would like. (laughs) I would love a paperweight again. Without any but ads, now please. I'll actually love it. All That's right. what I'm well, reading and a... drinking. Oh, yeah. What mm. you reading? What you drinking? There yep. you go. You guys now know what's up go. with us. Yes. Um. Yeah, I could talk about the six of my books for years. So oh, I'm just going to move on. I know. If you don't read The Bone Witch, I'm... One of the books on my TBR or my currently reading list is part of this episode today. <gasps> you know... I might actually be reading the same book. The same book? Maybe. Is it by one Stephen Fry? It is by Stephen (gasps) Fry. Oh, my God. What? (laughs) Anyway. That was the corniest thing I think we've ever done. (laughs) Um, Haley and I are covering Troy. Together. Together. And the goal is to take as long as we need to cover Troy. Yep. And our number one source material, I know for me, is Troy by Stephen Fry, right? Are you yeah. yep, pulling from anything else? that's all we're using. Yep, yeah. That's all we're going to use because he does such a deep dive into all of it. Troy, all of it. The history, like the prequel, the people, all of it. And we're we're gonna do a deep dive. We're probably not gonna do as deep as he does. No, I mean we're not writing a no three hundred page book on book. it. Yeah, but it's such a good source for this information that this mm-hmm. is our primary. This is our primary. Yeah, this is what we're using. And mythos, I think you know we've talked about mythos a lot, and I haven't fully read heroes i'm about halfway through heroes right now Mm -hmm. but um like mythos was like kind of this i was just like wow Mm -hmm. what a crazy like i I, it totally like brought up all this myth thing for me Mm -hmm. again it like reignited my love of myths and when he finishes that book he talks about you know the point of mythology is that it's continually shared Mm. and it's continually retold yeah you know if it's not retold it dies right so that's i mean that's what this podcast is we are we are you know we're here to learn about these things so we can tell those stories and continue them on and the story of troy is one of the best in my opinion it is one of the best stories because it has love and drama and battles and betrayal and it's got everything a good story needs (laughs) everything a good story needs and it's massive it is massive so it will probably be the entirety of season two we will probably i mean we're not gonna rush through it so we're gonna take our time we're gonna tell the story right so probably once a month we're gonna have an episode that is strictly the two of us going over the story of Troy. Yeah. So by how, I mean, depending on how long it takes us, we're going to kind of get a feel for it today because we both Mm -hmm. have covered 
I mean, I've covered, my notes are the longest they've been. And that's pretty long. So um, I am very interested to see Haley's notes on this. So I we know not what. I go as deep. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't go as deep either, but I still had to say. I still have a lot of notes. Yeah. To make sure it made sense. You yeah. Know? Well, and I have the book too. So if there's like things that we need to go over, mm-hmm. we have the books right here. And we can reference, you know, if we've missed something or if Corinne thinks, you know, hey, maybe you should mention this. There was something that was needs to be clarified because it's important important later. Right. Yep. So, yeah. We're covering Troy. We're covering Troy. Yay. Surprise. Season two. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely thought you were going to do the circus. Nope. Confetti and champagne confetti. The confetti I could do. I don't know how to make that sound. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. We are going to hop between each other a little bit. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So we're going to go... We're going to go back. Way back. Um. So in the very beginning, not even the very beginning of Troy, before Troy... Um, kind of give some history. So it actually starts with Zeus, of course, always, <laughs> and Electra, and they have a baby boy together that she decides to name Dardanus. <laughs> okay, and I was wondering if it was. So I kind of looked up a little bit of this, and I didn't know if it was kind of a like typical Zeus situation where he just takes what he wants and doesn't realize what the word no means no light rape yeah i didn't want to i don't know if that's the case or if they were actually in love with each other i'm not sure but regardless this boy grows up and he ends up traveling all over far and wide searching for just the right place to build the city he finally ends up on the ionian coast which is actually today um turkish and anatolia and okay. we'll have a map on our Instagram because we want to. I want to give kind of reference to where we're at. Yeah. Um. But he finds this beautiful peninsula that lies below the Hellespont, and he decides this is the spot. This is where I'm going to build my city. That he creatively calls Dardanus. <laughs> oh, after himself. So <laughs> it's very so creative. There. Um, the kingdom would become known as Dardania. So he builds this beautiful city. He's got three children. They're all boys. And when he dies, the eldest of his three sons named Ilus, the eldest of his three sons named Ilus, he becomes king. Okay. So Ilus is king for a while, but he dies and he doesn't actually have an heir. So the throne is passed to his younger brother, Eric Thonius, who is the middle child. Oh, okay. Eric Thonius would have a very peaceful, prosperous reign. Um, he would become known for being the richest man in the known world. Um, he is also known for his 3,000 mares and their countless foals, which anytime we talk about Troy, a lot of 
the information with Troy is a lot of riches and magnificent horses. There's always horses. Always horses. Always horses. So Boreas, is that? Yeah, Boreas, the North Wind, ends up taking the form of a stallion and he fathers a race of horses with these 3,000 mares. And there is a race that emerges of horses that are so agile and quick that it's said that they can run through a field of corn without bending a single stalk. Like they are just. They're amazing. There's no horses in the entire world that's like them. So fast. So fast. So So agile. So agile. So when Eric Thonius dies, his son Tross becomes king. And he has three sons um, that each kind of have their own story. But the one we're going to focus on is named Eilis after his great uncle. So I was like... Hang on. Eyeless. We just talked about an eyeless. <laughs> well, no, because uh, I have an eyeless later and I was like, is he oh, dead? Yeah. But okay. No, yeah. It's all falling into place. <laughs> it's all going to come together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the family, the royal family decides that they're going to go to the Phrygian Games and Eyeless enters into a wrestling competition. He wins. And among his prizes is a cow. <laughs> okay. I'd be excited to win a cow. I don't. Oh, me too. (gasps) I'd be stoked. What? Remind me to send you a video of miniature cows. They're adorable. Have you seen them? Yeah. They're so fluffy. They're so fluffy. If I had a yard. When I have a farm. When I have a yard. (laughs) Gonna have everything miniature. I'm gonna have a mini cow. (gasps) Oh, a mini cow. I'm gonna have little mini goats. I'm gonna have little tiny potbelly pigs. I'm gonna have geese and chickens and ducks. It's a whole plan. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, no, it's fine. So he gets this cow and the oracle tells him, this isn't just any cow. This cow is special. What you need to do is you need to follow this cow and wherever she decides to lay down, that's where you're going to build your own great city. So Eilis is like, perfect. Sounds like a plan. He gets a backpack, follows his cow, all the way from Phrygia to the Troad. And on the plains of Dardania, the cow finally decides this is a good spot to have a lay down. So Eilis looks around and he thinks, yes, this is a good spot for a city. But let's just say a little prayer just to make sure. So he gets down on his knees and he's offering up a prayer to the gods and a wooden object falls from the sky and it lands near him. It's a statue. It's a little over four feet tall and it's carved into the likeness of Pallas Athena. It has a spear in one hand and a distaff and a spindle in the other and it represents the arts of war and the arts of peace and also arts and crafts. (laughs) (laughs) Just... Just you wait. I had to. Just, I, but I no. just imagine this thing following with like glitter, like confetti. Obstacle sticks. Obstacle sticks. She comes up later, and I definitely <laughs> made the same joke. So just get ready for it. Perfect. So, Eyeless, of course, you would look at it, right? Because oh, yeah. you have to. I mean, what if it was a meteor? What if it was something else? He looks at it and he's immediately struck blind. The object oh. is so sacred. You're not supposed to look at it, but of course you're going to look at it. So he's struck blind. 
But instead of panicking, like yours truly would do, right. he prays for an entire week, giving thanks to the gods for the sign. And after the week is up, his sight is returned to him. Ah, oh, Immediately he gets up, he jumps up, and he's full of vigor. And he's like, I am going to plan and plot the layout of this magnificent city. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Right. In the middle, he puts a temple that he dedicates to Athena. And out from it, like kind of like the spokes of a wheel, yeah, are the streets. Okay. And in the innermost, like most sacred part of the temple, in the in the, in the middle is the statue of Pallas Athena, and it would become known as the Luck of Troy, and the Palladium, and would become the symbol and assurance of the city's divine status. Right. Um. So after Ilus's father Tross, he decides to call his new city Troy. And the people would come to be called Trojans. So another name for the city that might come up is Ilium or Ilion, just so mm-hmm. we don't get confused because there's a couple different names that it kind of goes by. Yeah. So the people of the city believe that as long as the statue remains in the temple that's dedicated to Athena, the city of Troy would prosper and it would stand strong as long as the statue is there. Okay. <sighs> So Troy would actually be under the protection of the god Eris, Artemis, Apollo, and Aphrodite. She would become known as the Jewel of the Aegean, the Kingdom of Gold and Magnificent Horses, and also the city that rose and fell not once, but twice. Yep. So good. So good. So good. So you go. Yeah, it's me. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I was like, uh... <laughs> You're like, oh my god, I'm not ready. Oh my god, did I miss a part? No, you didn't. Okay, so now we're going to kind of go on to this beautiful city. So amazing. But it fell twice, right? Not once, but twice. So a lot of us know about the first or the second time. We're going to, we like, I feel like Haley and I should address, like, we're going, there are some things about the Trojan War that we're going to just assume people know right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the outcome almost everybody could give you an overview of what happens to some of the heroes to the city like i just want to be a little bit clear about okay we're not going to tiptoe around or pretend that we don't know that troy ends in ruin right 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 so spoilers not spoilers. Right. Depending on how you want to see it. Um, anyway, I'm going to talk about some curses. So Troy was fucked. <laughs> it was fucked even before it was founded. <laughs> well, let's just be upfront and honest about uh, it from the beginning. There were a couple, and there's a couple of curses. Why? Mm-hmm. Um, so first, let's talk about Eumaeus. Enomaeus and his daughter, Hippodamia, and of course, a prophecy. So this prophecy stated that the downfall of Enomaeus would be his son-in-law. And this freaked him out. But he's like, you know, I can control this. I can make sure I never have a son-in-law. It's (laughs) never going to happen because it's not like a son being born. It's not, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like somebody's got to marry my daughter and I've got to approve that union. 
So Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of control in his court. So he decides because he can't just like send her to a nunnery or say that she can't be wed. She's an eligible princess and he has Mm -hmm. no other heir. So it's like, there's no reason for him not to marry her off. Right. So he decided that it was in his best interest that if no, or if a man could beat him in a chariot race, then he, they could marry his daughter. Um, Something that you guys should know about Inomaeus is that he was a brilliant charioteer, just not really, he was super strong and we'll find out really how strong he was a little bit later. So, um, and if it wasn't like, you know, sad enough that you lost to the king and didn't get to marry the handsome maiden, you also put your life on the line. Mm-hmm. So you were going to die if you didn't win this race. So still 18 dummies decided that it, <laughs> they were going to shoot their shot <laughs> and, <laughs> and go for it. And their heads ended up being ornaments in front of the, uh, fuck, what's it called? City gate? Hippo- it's like her name. Oh, the hippodrome. Hippodrome. There we go. Was that right? Yep. You had it. I was like, ah, I'm going to remember that. I didn't. Um, so they all were beheaded and killed because they did not beat the king, who was actually very good at chariot races. Mm-hmm. Um, so enter the young and handsome Pelops, which is the namesake of the Peloponnese. Still to this day, Pelops is the reason that the Peloponnese are called that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, in previous stories, nothing that we've covered on this podcast, his father, Tantalus, chopped him up and served him in a stew to the gods. Yeah. And the gods eventually realized what had happened and reconstructed and resurrected Pelops. Um, and he was actually so favored that he was like a lover of Poseidon at one point. So Pelops enters and he's like, oh, Hippodemia is a babe. I'm in on this and I have some friends that can help me win this race. So he calls in a favor with Poseidon and he's like, Hey, I could use your help. Something to know ahead of time is that he had been gifted a chariot with flying horses from Poseidon just because of this good relationship they had. And so he was like, Hey, I'm going to use this chariot that you gave me. I'm like putting up my hands. Like they're on the phone. Like he gave him. (laughs) Um, And he's just like, hey, I need your help. Can you come help me secure this legacy? Because it's not only this hot wife, it's a kingdom. You know, it's it's ruling an area. So you don't want to turn that down. Power. (laughs) Do you think he called him on his shell phone? (laughs) Yes, he did. I guarantee it. Um. So Poseidon and Pelops plan and contrive, conspire. I was like, it's not contrive, it's conspire. I like it. Conspire to convince the kings, like his, I saw it written as a charioteer, but like his handler of his horses and chariot, Myrtilus, and they bribe him. So they tell him, hey, we'll give you half the kingdom and you can actually have a knight in bed with Hippodamia because he was, she was highly sought after and 
Myrtilus was actually in love with her as well. So he agreed to betray his king and help Pelops win. So they changed out the pins and the wheels. So they're usually metal, but they changed them out to be beeswax instead. So they wouldn't be as, um, you know, sturdy. Yeah. Yeah. So the day of the race came and even with the advantage he w- Pelops was given, Edomaeus was showing his skill and keeping up with Pelops. I wrote a bad joke. Oh, no. And remember, didn't. he cheated with the help from his from Poseidon, his Poseidon piece. <laughs> <laughs> We're really hitting it out of the park on this one. I'm really sure that there's not a single person listening anymore. <laughs> nope, they're done. Um, okay, and then the wax pin snapped and Edomaeus was actually trampled to death by his horses. So Mirlis was like, hey, I'm ready to claim half the kingdom. I'm ready to have my night with Hippodamia. And she's like screaming. She's like, no fucking way. I'm not sleeping with him. And Pelops is like, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. We're not going to let you do that. that. (laughs) And like throws him off a cliff to a watery grave. But not before Mirlis leaves a curse on Pelops and Hippodamia's descendants. All of them. So curse one. Done. So this evil dude who cooked his kid and then the kid gets a second chance at life, but to be betray someone for power, not a great family. Not a great and family. And it just it's all leading up to the demise of Troy. Now we're gonna hop over to Troy. And I really hope you take over where I end because I end with Probably. no no resolution so the current king of troy is called laodamadon laodamadon there we go and his he's greedy af Um, has big aspirations to build troy up to be one of the greatest cities of all time um and he even gets help from the gods Ares and poseidon to help him in constructing a great wall around the city to become a fortress and you know enemies can't ever get in impenetrable um and they're not above helping out because they're going to be paid great wages for this work um and so they complete this beautiful granite wall that goes so high wraps the city you know insane um so they come to collect and this (laughs) king we talked about being greedy af um and i wrote dickish as well (laughs) is not impressed he's impressed he's just pretending to not be impressed and he's like oh this wall isn't what i asked for i wanted straight sides not curved and these buttresses they're all wrong which i love it i love how he says no 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 um (laughs) after you finish our episodes you should listen to this audiobook because it's great fry just he does all the voices every voice is different animated with all yeah. of it but these buttresses are all wrong no 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 he tells them he's not paying this <laughs> he's not paying them for this work not even half he's just absolutely trying to get free work from aries and poseidon yeah, yeah. like he's a dummy he's the dummy olympian gods i yeah. just can't i can't i don't know his audacity what he was thinking anyway immediately their vengeance is swift 
like no time at all. Aries is shooting plague arrows over Ugh. that wall that they finished building mm-hmm. for him. And Poseidon leaves a Leviathan in their channel. And there, you can see it on the map. There is a channel to get to Troy. They cannot get goods from other places without that channel, mm-hmm. you know, at least in a timely manner. So the people of Troy are dying of plague, dying of hunger, starving to death. Like this beautiful city is like ruining itself. It's falling in. And his people come to the door and they're like, yo, you need to do something now, mm-hmm. please. And he's like, fine. You know, we'll give an offering to the gods. So like, it is way too late to appease the gods. Like there, you can't do that. We need to sacrifice your daughter, Hesione, to the sea beast and just pray that it's enough and that her sacrifice will end our suffering. And with a simple wave of his his hand, he agrees that Hesione shall be chained to the sea rock and everyone waits to see what happens. End scene. End scene. <sighs> What does happen? I'll freaking tell you what happens. Tell me what happens. A hero shows up. None other than Heracles. So he comes to the city and he comes to Laomedon and Laomedon kind of tells him like, oh, you know, we've we've been swindled by the gods. You know, he kind of twists it to his own. <laughs> his own advantage and he doesn't he doesn't tell them he doesn't tell Heracles that you know I hired them to do all this work and then I was like oh no I'm sorry I just can't pay you because you didn't do what I asked you to do even though you did exactly what I asked you to do even though I'm a piece of shit yeah yeah he tells them that Apollo has sent plague arrows into the city and his people are dying and Apollo sent the sea dragon and the trade in and out of Troy and the harbor is all but stopped and the people are starving and it's just terrible. And to appease the monster, his own favorite daughter has been chained to a rock out in the harbor as a sacrifice. Favorite. So everybody in the Greek world knows about Heracles and the labors that he's currently engaged in. So we're not going to get into that because that isn't what this episode is about. But someday we will. But Heracles tells Laomedon, like, it's not big deal. I can save your daughter. It's going to take me a minute. Like, it's no problem. No but problem. If I do this for you, I want something in return. Laomedon says, of course, name your price. And he says, I want the horses that Zeus gave to your grandfather, Tross. And he's like, done. No problem. You can have the horses and all of their gear that comes with them. It's no problem. So Heracles sets out into the channel where the sea dragon is. And it's probably really impressive watching Heracles just cut through the water like a fish. He's unafraid of this giant sea dragon that's waiting in the depths for him that can sure as shit see him coming. But they're all watching all of these people gather on the shore and they're watching and Heracles' companion is there. His name's Telamon. And he only has eyes for Hesione. And he says, my God, she's so beautiful. So they're watching and Heracles and the sea dragon meet. And instead of trying to do battle, the sea dragon opens its mouth and Heracles swims straight into the dragon's mouth and he's swallowed whole. The crowd starts to murmur and they're saying, was he eaten? 
But he's Hercules. He can't just get eaten. Like, but do you see him? Do you see him anywhere? But what they don't know is that Heracles is inside of the monster, hacking and stabbing and fighting his way out of this thing from the inside. I'm definitely like everything about Disney and him fighting the Hydra is like in yeah. my brain, right? Right, yeah. Okay, I just want to make, I wanted a millennial check-in that that's where we were all <laughs> That's exactly what I thought okay, of cool. too. Good, 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 good. All right, you may continue. <laughs> So the water starts to boil and it starts to get bloody and there's bits of like flesh and chunks of sea monster that's floating to the surface and Heracles pops up. The sea dragon's dead. And so he swims his way over to the rock and he unchains society from the rock and he comes back to the shore with her and they make it to the palace and Heracles is expecting Laomedon to gratefully hand over the beautiful horses that he's promised in exchange for his daughter because he just risked his life. I mean, probably not really because he's Heracles, but right. Of course not. Laomedon stays true to himself and he's found a way of wiggling out of paying for this as well. So he tells him, you said that you were going to clear up the channel, not clog it with that sea monster. It's going to take months for my men to clear this out. Like, I can't start trade again. And Heracles just looks at him and probably blinks a couple times like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but Laomedon just can't pay him because he didn't hold up his end of the deal. You said you would clear the channel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Heracles doesn't have time for this. He has to leave. And be back in Tyrans in time to start his 10th labor. If he's a single day late, the last nine years that he spent completing the other labors will have been wasted. And he's yep. not about that. So Heracles bows to Laomedon, probably flips him the bird, and tells him, this is not the last time that you will see me. So Heracles, Heracles gathers up his men and they leave. Mm -hmm. Three years go by. Scouts for Laomedon come, and they said, we can see Heracles' ships. They're coming. So they land at the port of Ilium, near the city of Troy. But they know that they're coming, and so they manage to outmaneuver him. They sneak out of the city and come back around, and they attack the ships and all of the troops that were left Oikles. Mm -hmm. Everybody's killed. The Ugh. ships are all destroyed, and Laomedon's forces manage to make it safely back behind the walls of Troy before Heracles can actually reach the city. When they finally do make it inside of the city, Laomedon, his wife, and all of their sons are viciously killed, oh. and the city of Troy is absolutely decimated. It's just destroyed. So Heracles is walking through the palace, and he, find, he finds himself in Hesione's chambers. And she's on her knees and she says, just kill me. I'd rather be with my family. But before Heracles can kill her, Telamon runs in and he says, no, please don't kill her. I want, I love her. Let me take her. I want her to be my wife. Mm -hmm. And before Heracles can say anything, he hears something kind of scratching. Oh, that's not a scratchy sound. I need a scratchy sound. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> and he hears someone or something under the bed and mm -hmm. he yells come out 
and a little boy covered in dust bunnies comes out. And he stands up and he says bravely, if I must die, then I will do so willingly as a proud prince of Troy. And Asiety cries out, not Podarces, he's just a boy. Please, don't kill him. But Heracles is not swayed. Not until Hesione offers to buy his freedom with a veil of gold tissue. And Heracles. Okay. So, Hesione offers to buy his freedom with a veil of gold tissue. And Heracles, with as much attitude as he can muster, is like, I'll just take it anyway. All of Troy is mine by right of conquest. Well, fine. You're never going to find it. I've hidden it in too clever of a hiding spot. You'll never find it. So Heracles kind of thinks about it. He's fine. Fine. So Hesione goes over to a tall cabinet in her room and she reaches behind the back and pulls the catch and a hidden drawer pops out. She takes out this long, beautiful golden tissue and it's the most magnificent thing he's ever seen. It's He's never touched anything like it. He's never seen anything like it. And it's like water that flows through his fingers. And he puts a hand on the young prince's shoulder and he says, you are lucky that your sister loves you. With that, he turns around and leaves. He gathers up all of his men, leaves the city in complete ruin. <laughs> he gets on his ship and he takes Hesione and all of the treasure that they could possibly fit in the remaining ships that they have. And they sail away from the coast of Troy. Goodbye. So is this Right? See you later. Peace out. Thanks for the times we had together. <laughs> Thanks for it's all of this. shitty. I yeah. mean, but he did warn them. He did warn Laomedon. Mm. You know, and he had three years to Leomedon think about this. Three years had for it, coming. it to sit and fester. Yeah. So as the citizens are walking around and they're trying to get a handle on what in the hell has just happened, they all notice a young boy standing near the temple and they realize... It's Podarces. He's alive. And they're wondering, how was he even spared? Everyone in the royal family is dead. And the news spreads like wildfire that Podarces was actually bought by his older sister. And he says, yes, I was bought. You may say it was my sister. You may say it was the gods. But there is a reason for all things. I, Podarces, of the blood of Tross and Ilias, tell you this. Troy will rise again. We will build her up so that she is finer, stronger, richer, and greater than she has ever been. Greater than any city in the history of all the mortal world. So from this day forward, Podarces would lead his people and would direct the rebuilding of Troy. And everyone decides he kind of has a new nickname. And they call him the one who was bought. And in the Trojan language, the word for that is Priam. And eventually, nobody would even remember that his real name is Podarces. Everybody would call him King Priam. Mm -hmm. So, uh, real quick, we're going to talk about Telamon and his brother Peleus. Um, And then I'm going to tell you the story of Peleus. So, Telamon, who was just in the story and was in love with Hesione, um, they have a younger brother named Focus and they really don't like him because he's the baby and his dad really loves him. And mm. they're worried that if his father has his way, then Focus is going to become king and everything is going to go to him. And it's just, they really don't like him. So with their mother, they convince him to enter a pentathlon 
in honor of Artemis. And as Telamon and, Fo- and Peleus are out in the woods watching their younger brother practice, he's just little and he's throwing this thing like he's a full grown man. Oof. And he's like, I can throw it just as well. So Telamon like winds up and he throws this discus, but he doesn't really do a good job. And he hits focus on the back of the head and instantly kills him. Ugh. Yeah. So sad. So they look at each other and they're like, oh no, it was an accident. We didn't mean to do this. And so instead of going for help and admitting what they've done, right. They bury their younger brother and hide his body. Yeah. The king finds out what's happened and the two brothers are exiled. So Telamon ends up on a nearby island of Salamis, which is ruled by King Cycraeus, and he offers to cleanse him of his blood crime. Uh-huh. And he appoints Telamon his heir and gives him his daughter's hand in marriage. His wife Glauke gives birth to a baby boy, who is abnormally large. Then they decide to name him Ajax. He will come up in the story later. He also has a son with his wife Hesione named Tusa, who we will also hear from a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So we're going to leave Telamon there and turn to his brother Peleus. So Peleus ended up in the kingdom Pythia to be with the Myrmidons, who were actually originally ants that were transformed by Zeus. So the king Eurydion is the current king of Pythia. And he offers to cleanse Peleus of his blood crime and give him his daughter, his daughter's hand Antigone. There's a lot of names. Hopefully so we can many names. It's all straight. Yeah. And this is in the beginning. Once we get into the I wish story. I could see us like bold the names that will come up again. I have them like how you're supposed to pronounce it, how I think they are supposed oh, to, so I can say it right. My phonetics are ridiculous <laughs> yeah. on some of these. <laughs> Um, so, uh, a couple years later, Peleus is out on a hunt for a boar that Artemis had sent to Caledon, Caledon, um, Mm -hmm. and it's just ravaging the countryside and his, he throws a spear to try to hit this boar and it goes wide and he fatally wounds his father-in-law. Accident or not, it's another blood crime. So he needs to be cleansed again. Again. So Acastus, the king of Iolcus, offers to cleanse Peleus of this blood crime. And while he's there, Acastus's wife, Astrodemea, who's a complete bitch bag. (laughs) Bitch bag? (laughs) She's terrible. That is my Uh, new favorite expression (laughs) of all time. And if you don't make a sticker with a purse. Bitch bag. Bitch bag. Astrodemea. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, that was my favorite moment. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, she takes one. This bitch bag takes one look at Peleus, and she makes up her mind then and there that she needs to sleep with this man. Oh, boy. You can be no other way. So late at night, she comes to his room, and she's like, hey, how's it going, guy? And he's like, no, thank you. I'm good. I'm married. I'm happily married. No, thank you. We've all heard there's no anything like a woman scorned. There's nothing like a woman <laughs> there's scorned. There's nothing like a woman scorned. She leaves embarrassed and enraged. Ugh. She decides to do what she thinks she should. She sits down at her desk and she writes a little note to Peleus's wife, Peleus's wife Antigone. 
And in the note, she says, hey, I just wanted to let you know that your husband, who you thought is this really great guy, he's actually engaged to my daughter-in-law, Syrupy. And uh, yeah, he's been telling everybody at court that he doesn't really love you anymore. He doesn't think that you're attractive. He thinks you're kind of grumpy. So um, yeah. Jesus Christ. After Antigone reads this awful letter, she goes out and she actually hangs herself. Oh, I know. It's so Antigone. Yeah. Astra Demay is undone there. It's not enough. No. She goes to her husband and she's like, boo-hoo. And oh, you won't believe what. I don't know if I should tell you this, but oh, maybe not. I guess I shouldn't bother you. And he's like, out with it, woman. Out. Tell me. Whatever is the problem. Just Just tell me. And she proceeds to tell him the biggest lie about how Peleus came to her room, tried to force himself upon her, and she refused his advances. Yeah. The same classic fucking trope. Acastus knows that he's not going to be able to just outright kill Peleus because he believes his wife. I mean, you know. Right. Sure. That's great. Good. Peleus is the grandson of Zeus. So Mm. he decides that there's got to be a way around this. and He comes up with the idea that they're going to go out on a hunt. Mm. So they're out on this hunt and Peleus lays down in the grass and he falls asleep. But it's almost like an enchanted sleep. Like he's not going to wake up and they they take his sword, which was made by Hephaestus. And it was given to Peleus's father by Zeus himself. And they leave Peleus just stuck in this sleep. He also knows that in this woods, there are centaurs. And he knows that, Acastus knows that eventually they'll discover the sleeping Peleus and they're going to kill him because that's what centaurs do. So he's really killing two birds with one stone. He's got this cool-ass sword. And he he gets rid of Peleus. With his hands clean. Mm, Right. He hasn't done anything. No. But who should come upon him but Peleus's grandfather, Chiron? He's the immortal centaur, if you didn't know. And he wakes Peleus up, and Chiron is like, I've been watching what's been happening, and you're the victim of some pretty backhanded dealings. He tells him about his wife, what Astrodemea says, uh, has been saying, mm-hmm. and he sees red. He goes back home to Pythia. He builds a tomb for his wife, and he returns to Iolcus with an army of his best soldiers. The elite Myrmidons. They kill Acastus. Astrodemea is cut into pieces. Yeah. And Jason's son, Thessalus, is put on the throne. Peleus decides that he needs a little break. And he goes and spends some time with Chiron in his cave. And Chiron's noticing that he's kind of sad. He's kind of, you know, a little quiet. And eventually the story comes out about when Peleus was on the Argo and he locks eyes with this beautiful sea nymph and Mm. the figurehead on the ship is enchanted and it tells him, he asks, who is this? And he says, it's your bride, Thetis. And that's all that, that's all that he finds out. So Peleus finds out that there is a prophecy foretold by Prometheus about Thetis that has stopped all gods and demigods from daring to even approach her or touch her. The prophecy goes something like this. Any son born by Thetis would grow up to be greater than his father. Now, if you remember, all of the gods have been, a lot of the gods have been overthrown by their father. Oh, yeah. 
Right. So, so much Zeus, Zeus doesn't want this. So no one has approached her. No one's bothered her. No one's touched her. Yeah. So Peleus finds this out and he's like, well, that's not a big deal for me. I think it's great that my son would be greater than me. Like that's, of course, that's what any father would want. Just not so, gods. Yeah. Yeah. Just the gods are going to be overthrown and they're worried that someone's going to be greater than them, which is the typical. worst. It's just typical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he does find out that Thetis will only yield to someone who can hold fast to her no matter how many alterations of sea creatures she goes through. So that night he goes down to the beach and he's calling for Thetis and he's calling for her and a calling and eventually she rises up out of the sea. And she looks at him and she's like, what mortal presumes to summon me? And she looks around and she's like, it's you. You're the rude boy on the ship that wouldn't stop looking at me. I remember you and that look on your face. That look. Peleus says it was the look of love. <laughs> Thetis throws her head back and she laughs. Peleus <gasps> takes his chance. And he rushes forward and he grabs, he grabs her around the waist. She's no longer a woman. She's a dolphin and an eel and a lionfish and a sea barnacle and all of these fucking different... <laughs> <laughs> She's changing. <laughs> I don't know why. Article, <laughs> right? Could you imagine? He's just like, what the what? fuck is happening? One year later, you're bringing up sea barnacles. <laughs> sea barnacles. <laughs> so she's changed through all of these animals just as fast as she can. And Peleus isn't letting go, and no. she's finally exhausted, and she collapses in his arms. So word soon spread to Olympus that Peleus and Thetis' wedding is coming up. It's going to be held in Chiron's cave, and everyone's invited. Everyone. Everyone but one. Oh. So the, so the day of the wedding comes, everyone's there, and they're dressed in their finest, and Hestia's sounding the gong to begin the ceremony. And the bride and groom walk in, and they're beautiful. And Prometheus is sitting in near the back. And he feels like this is surely the last gathering of its kind, where all of the gods, all of the demigods are in one place at one time. And he gets this sick feeling that there's a storm coming, and he knows that this is tied to the child of Thetis and Peleus. He knows that it's, he's going to play a very important role of what's coming. And he sees blood raining down everywhere, but when he looks outside, it's a beautiful day. It's the perfect day for a wedding. And he thinks, man, I just my probably just didn't have enough coffee this morning. <laughs> just woke so, up on the wrong side of the bed. Woke up on the wrong side Not of the bed. Then. That's all. I just go home and take a little nap. <gasps> so Hestia anoints the bridal couple with oil, and suddenly there's a commotion at the mouth of the cave. And they all turn around to see what the racket is, and silhouetted in the entrance is Eris, the goddess of strife, feuding discord and disarray. To invite her would have surely been maybe not the best thing for a wedding, for your wedding day, but to not invite her at all is an even worse mistake. Yep. Saying nothing, Eris slowly walks into the cave. She reaches into her cloak. And she pulls out this bright round wall. And she kind of just lets it fall from her hands and it kind of bounces towards the front of the cave. She stands there for a minute, turns around walks out of the cave and doesn't say a thing. Silent. Silent. <laughs> this 
ball bounces and rolls and finally comes to a stop at Zeus's feet. And he reaches down and picks it up and it's an apple. And he's looking at it and he turns it over in his hand and he finds the words written to the fairest. And his wife, Hera, pulls, holds her hand out and she's like, oh, how kind. Eris honors me. But Athena to the other side of him is like, oh, come now, come on. The apple must surely be mine. Mm -hmm. And from his back, Aphrodite stretches her hand out and she says, let's not be completely foolish. We all know that there's only one person that the apple was intended for. Please give me the apple. Please. And at that exact moment, Zeus is like, why am I here? Fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> but Hermes comes to his rescue and he's like, what you need, father, is someone you can trust to make this decision and award the apple on your behalf. It just so happened that Ares and, Ares and I just met some this just met this person recently. He's a young man. He's very honest. His impartiality and he has the best judgment. We can let him decide. He holds out his hand. And Zeus gives him the apple. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> to be continued. Okay, well that resume or ends part <laughs> one of Troy. And so next week, I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about who is this boy? Who is who this? Is who this are they handing this apple to? Who could it be? Who could it be? Come and back. if you've listened to our episodes before, you better fucking know who it is. But You better fucking gonna, know. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. But you're going to get so much more information this time. So definitely tune in next week for part two of this, you know, a thousand part episodes of Troy. A thousand part. Oh my gosh. So big. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for tuning in today. You can always find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and find all of our content and maps and information and photos and art because we're going to be sharing it all for our whole Troy journey. Our whole so Troy journey. Definitely follow along and check it out. You can always reach us at morethemythspodcast at gmail.com. If there's something that you heard maybe that you think we got wrong, which is totally possible. Mm -hmm. um, if you want us to talk about something specific or if you just want to say, hey, send us an email. Wherever you listen, um, if you could just follow and subscribe, um, if there's some place that you want to listen and you notice that we're not there, let us know and we can get that corrected. Um, if you have a couple of minutes and you can just give us a star rating or if you have a couple minutes more and can leave us a review, just gives the little pod a little tiny bump and we would greatly appreciate it. We're always looking for more listeners and we would also love any support you can give us. We do have a subscription link available in our show description. If you're interested in contributing to the show, even a dollar a month, it can help us just continue to produce this creation for you. Um, and as always, if you love us, remember, tell your friends Tell your family, and for a season two welcome, tell your mom. Oh my gosh. Tell your mom. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.